You asked for it. Here it is. It's a podcast from Apathetic Enthusiasm. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome again to another Submitted for Your Approval. It's Twilight Zone podcast. Here I am. I'm Brandon Cruz, and it is a very special episode today. All episodes are very special. This one particularly is very special. Maybe a special plus one if we're going in like an RPG type gear rating type thing, or if we're doing like Destiny, then we can say, oh no, I have a I have a special score of 700, but you can't go to like the next section of the game until you get to like special of score of say a thousand. Anyway, we're at 750 and with me today is my frequent collaborator, <laughs> uh, co-host, podcast friend, actual friend, old Travis Menard from Apathetic Enthusiasm, International RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast, and the yet to be named podcast that has to do with animation history. Again, it's it's Travis Menard. Hey, Travis. Welcome. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Woo! I'm back. That's right. I'm back from some of your favorites submitted from your approval episodes, like episode one and whichever other one I did in between now and then. Woo! Um, hello. Thanks. For, thanks for having me back, Brandon. It's great. To, it, it is great. It is great. To, it is great to have you. I enjoy doing these shows with you, Travis. And here's for a few reasons. Here's the reason that sticks out to the top of my mind, which is for every other show that we do, you're kind of in charge. You kind of lead the dis- you kind of lead the discussion. It's it's a partnership. You keep us going, right? And this is a show that now I'm in now I'm in charge. I've got the I've got the reins. But here's the other thing about it is those other shows you're more than prepared for the discussion uh, where we talk about the the bones, as we say, which is the outline for all the episodes. And you know what we're going to talk about before we get into talking about things. This is special because you just watched an episode, but you have no idea other than that. <laughs> no, I am 100% in the passenger seat. I it's all you. And, and, and that's great because there's no pressure on me. I, I just I, I'm I'm in your capable hands to to run this episode. And uh, yeah, I, I'll bring my two nuggets of insight from the episode <laughs> of the Twilight Zone that I've watched two whole times now. Because I will say this when I come on Submitted for Your Approval, I don't just watch the episode one time. I watch it <laughs> twice at least. Yeah, at at yeah. at least, at least, much like the Rick and Morty podcast, uh, which you know is the whole thing. Uh, we watch that. We watch those episodes a couple times before, and so that you watch one of these episodes more than once. I can't thank you enough, and the creators of the Twilight Zone can't thank you enough either. One because most of them have passed away. <laughs> uh that really really that's the main thing so yeah. well travis thank you again for coming on uh and uh let's go ahead and get this started so okay. you i brought you on uh to talk about this episode it is from season three we are in season three of the, of the show it's episode 23 it's the last rites of jeff myrtle bank uh which originally aired the february 23rd of 1962 it features james best 
as Jeff Myrtlebank, Jeff Jefferson, or like it's like a weird Jeff name. Uh, Sherry Jackson as Comfort. It was directed by Montgomery Pittman, who directed a few other episodes of The Twilight Zone, and the teleplay is by Montgomery Pittman. Uh, now, Travis, one of the games we play on this show, which we get massive, Dives? massive, massive feedback uh, from, is the You, Me, and IMDb synopses game, okay? And what this game is, is very simple. IMDb has its synopsis. I have my synopsis and you have yours. It's a sentence. It could be multiple sentences, but it should be succinct. Unlike this description of this game. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Do you, you get, a, you get a lot of feedback about this game. Tons of feedback. So much feedback. Yeah. Basically my hard drive is full of comments, just raging, raging. Well, maybe raging and raving about, <laughs> about this. Uh, um, uh, sure, I'll start. Okay, great. Uh, okay. A, a, sm <laughs> a small town is concerned when a local citizen awakens from a two-day nap. Oh, I like I like that. You got you get the spirit of this game, Travis. And for that, I give you three chipmunks. <laughs> yes <laughs> squeak 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 three chipmunks for you uh go ahead and put those in your pile for next time uh my synopsis goes a zombie just wants to live a normal life you know very oh i know very simple very straightforward sometimes people give zombies crap but not not me not now now the imdb they say this a young man wakes up at his own funeral and wants to know what the heck is going on. The townsfolk are glad to see him back, but they begin to wonder if he's a man or something else. And there, there you go. That's, that's IMDb there for you. I mean, what the heck is going on? What the heck? Um, uh, I, I'm curious, is the IMDb synopsis written by folks at IMDb or is mm. that the like original synopsis that was submitted for your approval to like the network <laughs> get it like, so. submitted for your approval yeah no it's good i always love when you're like reading a book and then they say the title of the book like in it and oh. like oh you know so you gotta sneak the title of your podcast in in the, in the middle of a sentence it's important uh <laughs> no that's a good that's a good question i i don't actually know i will well, maybe one of these days i'll get a guest google it. i'll find somebody from imdb to be a guest i'm recording show. right now google, google. No, <laughs> uh all right so so there we go you me and imdb synopsis so um yeah i mean that that's basically what the, what, what the episode is is uh dude's dead the the episode starts at a funeral uh james best as jeff myrtle bank is nowhere to be seen but you do see a casket there right there in the middle of the, the church and then he lifts up the casket and it's and it's him. Uh the townsfolk then are very they're they're concerned about where where he's been for the last two days. Um they see some changes, his family sees some changes in him. Uh his his girlfriend, Comfort, notices some some things. She's hesitant. The townsfolk start to gossip a lot, and eventually everything is reconciled and he um is going to get married to comfort that is a very very quick uh brief summary of that episode so travis 
I want to go ahead and give it over to you uh, for the discussion of the episode and any of your initial thoughts. Um. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I I do like whenever you you bring me on for for one of these episodes because I am not a seasoned uh, viewer of the Twilight Zone. I have not seen all of the episodes, so it's always a fun little surprise whenever uh, you 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 send an assignment to me and say, "Hey, watch this episode," because uh, I I never know exactly what uh, to expect. Uh, much like I'm sure uh fans of the show as as it aired uh week to week um also felt right but uh early on i i didn't i often wonder what if you pick me specifically for certain episodes like if you're like oh i'm gonna make i'm gonna make travis talk about this one right <laughs> um uh and, and for a couple reasons what one uh was the fact that it was an individual that was in a very rural sort of part of like the Midwest and uh, like, like early Oklahoman maybe, or, or some other part of the world. Like I don't, it's not specifically Oklahoma, but um, yeah. And I, and so I was like, does he pick this because I live like in the Bible <laughs> belt right now? Um, but at, I, and after that, the fact that uh, he was more or less like dead for three days, and then and then came back to life. I was like, is there some weird Jesus metaphor in here that he wants me to talk about? <laughs> um, but overall, I thought it was an interesting episode. I, I always like the subtle um, concern of individuals in a Twilight Zone episode where um, like you don't know if there really is a problem or not, but people's paranoia and uh, anxiety about a situation can sometimes be as big of a monster, as big of, of a threat as anything actually supernatural or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, to, to answer your, your inquiry about whether or not I pick you for specific things. Yes. And no, sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't, this is an episode where I needed to kickstart submit it for your approval again. <laughs> and I needed somebody who was quick, reliable, and would record with me three and a half weeks later after I initially bring it up to him. And, and when all of those people were busy, <laughs> you messaged me. Yeah. And then it turned into six weeks. Um, so that, that was, that was part of it. Right. Like I, I, this is not necessarily a well known or um, a highly rated episode. It's, it's always on, it's always on the marathons, but it's not necessarily sure. one that one's going to be like, you don't. My favorite episode of the Twilight Zone is the last rites of Jeff Myrtlebank. That's not a, a sentence you normally hear or maybe ever hear. If it is your favorite episode and you're listening now, please let me know because I'm interested in, in talking to you. Um, but so I needed somebody to talk about this episode, this kind of uh, um, kind of mid tier, maybe mid low tier sure. episode, and I knew that you were you were good for it, Travis. So I wanted to bring you on for that. Um, it being kind of this, this kind of Southern, more rural, uh, environment that didn't necessarily pay a, play a factor, but it is in Oklahoma, <laughs> but you are in Oklahoma and I hope the storms that are coming your way, uh, don't affect you. Anyway. So one of the things I want to talk about for, for this, right. Is okay. So Jeff is dead. Uh, uh he, he wakes up after, after two days and, 
then people eventually start start gossiping a little bit. And so I think like thematically, I tried to to look into the episode and think, what is this episode trying to say? What is the what is the moral or what is the point to it? And because it focuses so much on the the townspeople and how they kind of escalate from something uh, like his his mom or his dad just being like, eh, he's, he's kind of different. He he didn't eat he didn't eat, eat his three eggs. He only ate two of them. He never ate two. <laughs> he always ate three eggs before. And then that's I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's lazy, <laughs> but he's never been a big fan of work. Am I right or am I right? Am, am I right? I, right? Right, Ma? You're right, Pa. You know, and 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 then that that escalating into the 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 group of men in this this like whatever is is it like the general store just sitting there eating pickles <laughs> and and being like he's probably the devil you know <laughs> uh, i i i love that scene because it really made me think about that time in history and how you know in the 21st century 2023 we have so many distractions so many like we carry supercomputers around in our pockets we have the entire internet at our fingertips it's 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 almost impossible for a person to be bored because there's just uh, so much information around us at all times and then you look at this scenario and it's literally like six dudes that have nothing better <laughs> to do in an afternoon than hang out at the store and contemplate the, you know, the humanity of, of Mr. Myrtle Bank. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's that, that they a have, different time, a simpler time <laughs> that they have that they have nothing better to do. Um, I, I mean, there's a thought that the whole idle hands thing is the devil's playground. I don't know what the, the saying is something about idle hands. That was a movie in like the nineties or early. 2000s, yeah. With, right? with Devin Sawa. Is that, is that That's right. in, in the yeah. Seth green? I saw it early access uh, while it lived in Glendale. Um, but anyways, I, idle hands, them taking that, them with a free time to then come up with their own crazy uh, explanations and, and get, kind of aggressive with it uh i mean with him essentially kind of being maybe a, a demon or maybe the devil or, or some some type of being uh as revealed by the end um do you think that there's a commentary somewhere in there about not having anything to do and that like building up a devil i don't know i don't know where i'm going well, with that i I, de I definitely think there's some commentary on how people process unusual information or uh, unusual events and how they try to draw conclusions or draw correlations between something that's hard for us to understand and having something incredible or miraculous happen in their life, right? I mean... I found it really interesting how all of these people are in a small church crying about the loss of a loved one. And moments later, they discover that that person is alive and is there with them. And instead of being happy and celebrating that, they all run out of the church and cower in the 
<laughs> the field. I was going to say parking lot, but it's just where they left the cars outside. Uh, and and yeah, and so and they're very hesitant to accept him. And then over the course of the episode, they are continuing to question who he is and 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 why is he different and things like that. And and so, yeah, I mean, it it is ultimately revealed at the end of the episode that he is different and he isn't who he was before he died. But people are not looking at him and being thankful for the opportunity to have him back in any way. They're just like, something's wrong. And and let's figure out why he's the devil. And and so and and maybe there's a little bit of uh a possibility that the Jeff Myrtle Bank that that comes back to life would have been a loving and you know fairly normal member of the community had he been accepted back as as one of the community, but because he was an outsider or he was different. He was forced to kind of put on, put on a different personality. Yeah. Yeah. I, maybe, maybe they forced his hand. It's like, it's like what they say with, with, with coal, you know, you apply pressure to coal and you make a diamond And the Jeff, the Jeff we see at the end of it, he's a, he's a, he's a coal diamond, you know, he's a coal diamond because they put, they put pressure on him. And they they changed them. They made them in, into into something uh, completely different. So, or or maybe not completely different. Like there's there's aspects to him. He obviously remembers uh, some of his uh, memory, right? Like he remembers his family. He remembers um, his his girlfriend. He remembers getting yeah. picked on by Comfort's older brother and losing in all those fights before. Uh, I, I like that scene, by the way. <laughs> with, when they're fighting or yeah like like leading up to leading up to the fight uh with the the dude just saying like i always i always whooped you in school if i had a nickel for every time i whooped you i'd have a hundred dollars and uh that's, that's a lot of nickels and then yeah. and, and jeff says you haven't whooped me since <laughs> or you something whooped me lately yeah yeah well, like and then he and then he punches him through the tire so <laughs> now the expertly fight, choreographed fight by the way he fights different he fights, he fights when so after the after the fight when they're in again they're in like the general store <laughs> eating pickles again they you know I, I, I love the little interactions with the doctor like your jaw's not broken you wouldn't be talking so much you wouldn't be trying to talk so much you're gonna be eating so many pickles if your jaw's <laughs> broken but but it, it, but the the brother is like he never he's never fought like that before that was completely different and so then i go back to that fight scene and i'm like i want to know what they used to fight like because this is a this is a hell of a hell of a goofy fight <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah he just he just maybe wasn't as aggressive with his with his mid tire punches <laughs> he, he 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 waited for an opening that wasn't a gaping hole in a tire so. oh Maybe yeah. maybe he used to fight where the tire had the hubcap on <laughs> and he couldn't punch through the tire because there was there was that there wasn't a hole. Uh, <laughs> were, were, were there any uh, going back to, to the episode generally, were there anything that you noticed in the episode that uh, maybe jumped out at you that that maybe isn't something that we talked about so far? Um, 
no, I th- I think they're. I mean, we 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 spoke to it a little bit, but that idea of um how people's opinions and how the the stories about Jeff as he comes back were shared across the town, right? So you have the conversation at the breakfast table. The little sister is overhearing Jeff's parents' concerns. She goes out to the mailbox, talks to the other kids in the area. All of a sudden, you cut to now one of those kids is at home, and the mom or grand grandparent is on the phone talking to someone else about their suspicions about what's going on. And it, it, it you can almost follow the path of 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 the information through those scenes uh, as everybody is again preoccupied with what's going on with <laughs> Jeff Myrtlebank instead of you know what they maybe should be doing which is eating pickles at the general store yeah i i i do, I do like that it's it it feels like a it feels like a natural progression for an a natural episode with the mom and dad kind of just having a conversation with each other about like things are it's been two weeks he seems he seems a little different right oh well you know yeah. and then his, the 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 daughter there his sister and his dad saying what are you listening about big ears or whatever <laughs> uh-huh. and then like like go go get the go see if my catalog is coming in i'm, I'm assuming like the sears robot catalog and so then she goes and then she goes to the the mailbox and the little boys that are playing and there's that weird little interaction like Here's a frog uh, for your ammo if you want to do your slingshot. And she's like, "It's okay. I'm not afraid of frogs. I just think they're dirty." Um, and then and and then they asked about her brother, and then she's just kind of like innocently like picking her flowers, like, "Oh, they just think something's weird. That's all." And and she's like, she's not judgmental. The parents no. aren't really judgmental. Uh, but she's, then she's the first one to accept him after he comes back. That's right. So yeah. And and whether or not he's weird, you know, she's he's still her brother, and I thank her for that. <laughs> uh, and then, but then, like the the mother, like after like one of those boys says it's the mother or the grandmother, it's probably a, probably a grandmother. That's when it turns that's when it turns into like pure gossip, right? Where <laughs> she t- says, "Get out of here, kid! You listen into my conversation. Don't don't gossip and listen into my conversation." You want to hold a bunch of black pepper in your mouth for 10 minutes or something like that? I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah, that's that's a- also I love black pepper, but I don't know if I'd like it like that. No, probably not. But then she but then she takes that and she's on the phone call and then she is uh, she speeds up, speeds up the gossip. That's when it becomes more of a like a harmful thing. Yeah, um, because the kids are kind of more innocent. They're just like talking. As as kids do, and then the adults take it, and what assholes they are! <laughs> what what did you think of the highly scientific ways in which the doctor of the town was able to determine whether or not he was dead? Now these are these are very very good question, Travis. Uh, so the doctor he comes up. He's like, I know he was dead. And here's how I know he was dead. Uh, he does. He does. He took the pulse. That's that's one. No pulse. No pulse. Uh, he did the pen test. 
<laughs> which is he took a pen and he poked him. <laughs> he didn't flinch. He didn't flinch. Uh, and they're like, well, what happened with that? Well, buried him, didn't I? Um, and then the mirror test. And the mirror test That's being right. uh, you pulled it in front of a man's face and it'll it'll fog up. It'll fog up because he's any life left in that man. <laughs> fog up that mirror. All while eating a pickle. And right. yeah, very, very scientific. And I mean, it seemed pretty foolproof to me. Well, I mean, yeah. what, 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 which of those options is your preferred method for knowing whether or not somebody's dead? You have extensive um, knowledge in this. The pin test. I always like to carry a pin around with me and just stab people that I see <laughs> on the street to make sure they're not dead. Um, was it was it pen or was it? I think it was a pin. pin. Oh, like a pin test. He stabbed him with a pin. Oh, um, okay. Because I was thinking, like he's got a he's got a pen. He's like taking a, notes, like an ink pen. Yeah, he's taking notes, uh, and he's like, <laughs> and then he's huh. just jabbing the uh, guy with the. Uh, pen. <laughs> he's just he's taking taking notes on the on the guy. Hey, he's still dead. Yeah, yeah. Poke poke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's a line uh, very early in the episode where Jeff has just been reincarnated and uh is talking to the doctor and he's like it's a good thing you didn't embalm me and that stuck with me because because <laughs> he why, didn't get embalmed <laughs> why didn't he embalm him is is he just lazy what's is it was it would, were they were they in a hurry to bury him what's yeah uh yeah good good question maybe the doctor is at fault after all <laughs> <laughs> if because it's, it was two days. Yeah. And Maybe like, because they knew they weren't going to have an open box, a.k.a. casket. Wouldn't it? It would be smelly by two days, wouldn't it? Right? Not not if he's alive in there. Oh, uh, well, I mean, that, that's true. But, uh, I mean, that's assuming, uh, we can assume two things. What We can go one way, which is he was alive, and then he... <laughs> he did his the the doctor's made up uh condition uh I, forget, I wish i'd written it down but um or that he was dead but then he was possessed by a being from the nether realm and he and he woke up from for number two i don't think it would matter if he was embalmed right probably not um but still he was dead and so that meat that that rotting, decaying flesh should have le- should have left some kind of scent. I don't know. I you know I I don't know if that that's true or not. Um, I was never in the Civil War and like where lots of people died and just like bodies everywhere. I don't know, you know. But um, whatever. I don't know where I was going. Great observation. <laughs> very, very well said. <laughs> well, okay, okay, try. Okay, try. Uh, I, I'll give you this last little bit. Are there any other uh, stray observations or any any? Anything that jumps out to you about the episode before we get into uh, the rating of the episode? Um, yeah, just the the last part. And I think it's the thing that I I really do enjoy about many of the Twilight Zone episodes that I've watched is throughout the first, I don't know, I'd say two thirds to three fourths of a, of a Twilight Zone episode. There's usually, if there is some sort of mystery or there's some sort of, 
uh, will they, won't they, are they, are they not? Is, is he a possessed corpse? Is he some sort of demon in disguise? There's, there's hints, right? There's speculation throughout the first half of the episode. Then there's hints with the flowers, right? He brings flowers to his girl and they're dead before he gets them. Like they're all withered and he's, he's acting different. But uh, then you get to those final scenes, right? Where the, where the town has decided um, he's no good. He, they, there's, there's something wrong with him. We, we need to, we need to go after him. And, and then once he's, he's like, he's owning it and he's, he's facing off against the town people. And he's like, I'll lower your wells and I'll send a locust, you know, plague or whatever. Uh, hops, and, and they're like chickens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I'm feeling yeah. particularly ornery. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's like, he's embracing it and you're like, oh, is he like fully, like, is he this? Is he admitting that he's he's not the original Jeff Myrtlebank? And then everything's settled, everything's good. And then you get the reveal of like lighting the match without striking it and the gate closing behind them with nobody being there as they as they walk off into the woods. Um and that I, I always like those those moments uh in a Twilight Zone where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, something something not right is going on but they kind of got away with it or or yeah. it's it's their little secret or the, things like that the two, yeah, thi- I, I, the, the two things that were that he did that were most evil um that there were the biggest hints were uh him when he's when he goes see his comfort at, at the start and the flowers are dead whatever uh, and then she gets really nervous they bought and she her, her family bought a new blues record uh and then he touched her uh, and then she's like, don't like, uh, maybe your hands are poison, you know? And then he like grabs her by the shoulders. He's like, are you, or aren't you my, my girl or something, you know? And it was like, Oh, oh that's a little, that's a little forceful. So that was a, that's a, fir- that's a first one. And then the second one is after he lights the match without, um, without striking it and comfort sees that she's like, Wait, how did you do that? He's like, you gotta stop imagining things. Comfort. He's gaslighting. He just he gaslighting. Gas- he's he's <laughs> Jeff Myrtlebank is an abusive. Is uh, he's match yeah. lighting her? That's what that's what he's, he's doing. Match lighting. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. but I do want to pipe. He's a bad like guy. Yeah. The bad guy, and they raised politician. That's right. Uh, according to the according to the ending, so that's right. Uh, yeah. Very, very much a uh, omen, Damien type of thing <laughs> that, that happened in that episode. Um, okay, well, well, thank you, thank you, Travis, for talking about that. Every episode gets a rating, and this episode is no different. So, in whatever your rating scale ends up being, something, something out of something, something, or just a straight number. That's cool. But what do you rate this episode? Uh, I'm going to rate this episode uh, three miniature paint bottles out of five. (laughs) Completely unrelated to the episode. I love it. Um, It reminds me that I need to go paint three out of five paint bottles. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Why? Give me some justification. Um, I, I think it was an interesting episode. I think like the, the premise is, is, is kind of interesting, 
but if I was to lump it in with all of the the Twilight Zone episodes that I've seen, um, it didn't particularly stand out as exceptional, right? Mm. Um, and I, I do think there were a couple of moments where when I was watching it, I caught myself being like, all right, they're, <laughs> the people are just sitting around speculating again. I guess I'll maybe check my phone. No, no, I got to do the research for Brandon. This is for Brandon. Let's let's lock in. Let's watch this episode. So, <laughs> I so think, for that reason, yeah. I yeah, think that's gets, a, the greatest indicator right there, right? Of, yeah. of, of an episode like uh, there's some, there's maybe there's something interesting here. Maybe there's something interesting to be to said or to glean from it. But you, you working to maintain that focus on it, right? Yeah, I I'm with you on that, and I think that's one of the reasons why, even at the start of this 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 podcast, saying it was kind of like a mid episode, mid mid tier, maybe mid low tier, uh, and so I will I will match your three out of five miniature paint bottles um, by not army painter because we're not fancy. Um. I, I don't Actually, know. These are army painter bottles. Oh, but, sorry. Um, yeah, no. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Definitely not a sponsor of the Twilight Zone podcast. Um, okay. All right, well, well, thanks. Thanks, Travis. The last, very last thing before we, we move on and we get into our conclusions is the, the segment that gets much acclaim, almost as much acclaim as the Yumi and IMDb synopsis, uh, is choose your own end venture. And for this segment... You get to choose what an alternate ending might be for the last rites of Jeff Myrtlebank. Um, man, I love the improv aspects of this podcast <laughs> where I get to come up with an idea on the spot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I would say that after much discussion and speculation amongst the townspeople. Uh, they finally decide that they've had enough and they ride out uh, to the farm to confront Jeff Myrtlebank where he's leaning against a fence post and uh, ready to see them. Uh, this, this culminates in a large fight where uh, a demonic Jeff Myrtle, Myrtlebank uh, is, goes full zombie and, and uh, <laughs> takes out uh, two pickle-eating townspeople, but the townspeople prevail, and despite the broken heart of Precious, is that her name? Comfort. Comfort. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's uh, a- <laughs> uh, the episode ends again at the same little church where they are again uh, have Jeff Myrtlebank in a coffin, uh, but this time uh, the church is empty, Uh because nobody is there to mourn uh, this version of, of Jeff Myrtlebank. Oh, hey, yeah. that's sad. Poor Jeff. Except Rod Serling. He's there and he <laughs> says something awesome. He says something awesome. And he's just he's sitting there crying with a cigarette in his hand. Uh, just so just so depressed. OK. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of kind of kind of a sad uh, way to end it. Um, Jeff Myrtlebank not mourned in any way, shape or form. Nope. Here's what, it's just like Rod. He's he's at the pulpit or whatever, and he's like, uh, sometimes uh, the life you live is is appreciated by people, but uh, <laughs> when you when you when you turn to the dark side, 
there's no one left to mourn you in the Twilight Zone. Hey, hey yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm so proud of you because that that's not a bad that's not a bad way to to end it. And honestly, that might have made the episode better. <laughs> Do to like to have a very like clear cut. This is what this episode's theme is. Uh, not kind of like half-assing some of the ideas, execution, and like sticking with, yeah, you turn evil, and there's not going to be anyone there for you uh, if you're a completely different person. They're mourning the person that they know. They're not going to mourn somebody they they don't know. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with that. I'm with that. Good job. I know that's exactly what you're going for with that yeah. aspect of it. Uh, I would. For my my version of it, I'm going to take a page from what you said, and uh, they're 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 coming back to the the ranch, and um, turns out that he is in fact uh, an evil being, an evil zombie. They do kill him, right? And uh, when this this little uh, this church thing happens, the coffin, there no one's in the church. Uh, but then the lid opens up and it's revealed to be just a gigantic pickle. And it turns out that Jeff Myrtlebank is the um is the embodiment of the pickle deity who is seeking revenge for all the, <laughs> for all of the pickles that have been uh, murdered, massacred in this village for dare I say decades and it it just like one of its like little little uh little pickly bumps looks directly at the, the camera and then it, it it fades out and Rod comes on and he does his little monologue and he says who do you know that's not a pickle here in the twilight zone <laughs> 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 and then and there you go that's mine that's good. Uh-huh. How many episodes of this show have you done? <laughs> this might be the this might be the last one. So, anyway, okay. So there you go. Choose your own adventure. Uh, feel free to berate uh, us in the comments. Uh, Travis, moving on to the conclusion, uh, I want to talk about you. I want to talk about your podcast. Um, why don't you tell us about apathetic enthusiasm? And what that means to you, uh, you know, oh, okay. do some social yeah. links, go well, get some old show notes and <laughs> do all that. Yeah. I'll just, just pull those up real quick. Um, well, yeah, obviously I've been podcasting with Brandon now for like seven years or something like that. Uh, if you, if you've heard, uh, our friend Matt at the beginning of any of these episodes, uh, say you asked for it, it's a podcast from apathetic enthusiasm. Um, yeah, apathetic enthusiasm started as a podcast a long time ago and it has grown into, uh, a modest network of podcasts to include Submit for Your Approval and Interdimensional RSS, which are continuing to be produced. Uh, we had a little bit of a hiatus and we're still trying to find direction for Interdimensional RSS. But in the meantime, we're also uh, hard at work, uh, diligently developing uh, a brand new podcast for the network. It is focused on animation history. So if that is a topic that interests you, uh, all the way back from 100 years ago to today, we're going to be talking about all sorts of animation and its cultural significance and some of the stories about uh, the people and the processes that have uh, resulted in 
classic animation. So uh, excited for that. You can follow us at Apathusiast. Uh, I am at Juggalmino. Um, and yeah, if you go to apatheticenthusiasm.com or I don't know, youtube.com slash apathetic enthusiasm, twitch.tv slash apathetic enthusiasm. If you want to watch live streams of any of our podcasts, um, that's a great way to keep up with us and, uh, know what we're doing. And, uh, a special note about that, uh, the, the Twitch stream, this, I don't, I don't stream these episodes all the time. Uh, as a matter of fact, this is maybe one of two times that we've ever streamed the episode. So if you're listening to this yeah. podcast right now, you're interested in watching this live. Well, it's not going to be live. It's going to be uh, recorded. You can go to Twitch, you can go to YouTube uh, and you can catch this episode there and you can see what I look like. Uh, I'm wearing a space ghost shirt where he is holding his hand over his face, which is very representative of how I produce this podcast. Um, you can find us, uh, find me in a few different places. Other than that, Twitter S four Y a underscore podcast, or my personal Twitter is at barnyard cruise C R U Z more Penelope than Tom. Uh, you can hit me up on email S four Y a podcast at gmail.com. Apathetic enthusiasm.com is where this is hosted. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. Tell your friends and family, everyone everywhere and uh, get it out there. And I think that that should do it for this episode. I want to say thank you for everybody for listening. Thank you, Travis, for for being here and, and helping me without this. Uh, our friend John, old old John in the in the Twitch chat. Uh, my favorite comment of his: "I miss the days when you would sit with the boys eating pickles." And uh, how how true it is. Those were the good old days. Those were the good old days. One of my favorite Weird Al songs. Okay. Thank you, one and all. And until next time, I am Brandon Cruz, and this was submitted for your approval. <laughs>